The best laid plans of Mice and Men often go awry. Even with Terrell's ballsy and frankly, frustratingly foolhardy plan to ensure their victory over the saviors, our team simply cannot catch a goddamn break. After everything Rick goes through to win over the junkyard gang, they show up to the sanctuary only to see the walkers are gone. And, as the garbage people that they are, Jadis and the naked filth mongers turn tail as soon as the sanctuary opens fire. Throughout this episode, all the way until the final earth-shattering scene, it's hard to hope for the kind of future where Rick, after sleeping in, wakes up on a sunny day ready to celebrate the Owl Festival with all his children. I got nothing. And when I've got nothing, I selfishly turn to my sensei, the walking dead guru, the Obi-Wan to my Kenobi, Carol. Where to start, what to say. Somber. Did not see that shocking end coming at all. I thought I was going to be prepared. I made my predictions and uh, they surprised me. I'm not sure where this is heading. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's better that there isn't a basis of comparison anymore because with Carl dying, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're already listening, you've. I'm assuming you've I would watched, assume. we, assuming you watched the show already. We assume you watched the show There's and then no you know. Otherwise. No reason to. But yeah, spoiler alert, Carl's been bitten. Carl's going to die, assumingly. And that really throws a wrench into a lot of what everyone was expecting from a comic perspective. If you were to look at the source material and use it as a guide for where things could go. Now, that's not to say that they couldn't, but they would definitely need to reassign his arc, I guess, to some other characters. Which, done. yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't know though i don't know it's it's a tough one and i have to say i'm disappointed not in the episode itself but i'm disappointed that they chose to kill carl off now because i think one of the best parts of the episode was his interaction with negan and i've yeah, always felt that his in- by far and i feel like his interactions with negan in general have always been very interesting to watch just their dynamic so it's a shame because i would have wanted to see more of that yeah the whole thing is just a shame i i don't know where everyone's going to go from here. Well, I guess the one thing that I can add maybe to that is that my feeling about Carl and Negan is that their dialogue or their interaction is not quite over yet. I feel like that's probably going to be the only... How do you think think that will play in if you had to call a prediction on that like he's on death's door assumingly so where i i mean i thought about that too but i just don't know how you would do it the only thing i could think of is just rick and carl walking up to the kingdom you know where the saviors are now which we'll talk about but just them two and then saying hey you know i'm dying rick is handing himself in or whatever it is and Mm. they're taking their last shot you know like at at some sort of dialogue at some sort of future because i think that carl recognized is at, even at this stage that he kind of was able to reach Negan. Right, right. You know, I, Rick, I think Negan knows it. I think Carl knows it. And I think on his deathbed, I think Rick would probably cave to Carl's requests, you know? Right, right. At this rate. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I could I could definitely see that. I could definitely see Rick kind of following through with Carl's last requests, especially since his last conversations with him have been more geared toward about having mercy and not being short-sighted and thinking about the bigger picture and how we're all suppo- how we're all going to have to live together once this war is done. So mm. I would like to see Carl bringing everyone together as one last thing that he can do before passing away. I would like
like to see that. If he is going to pass away, I think it would do the character justice for him to play a pivotal role in bringing this war to an end. So I I would like to see that. I hope that they go there because otherwise, then I just feel that his death is kind of meaningless and almost, what's the term? One could say. Yeah, just sort of like a fruitless death that just doesn't make any sense because it'd be one thing if it was like, oh my gosh, you know, this dramatic death, he was shot, you know, protecting Alexandria or, oh my gosh, you know, he was leading this herd away or when he, or when they stormed (laughs) the sanctuary or something, it's like, no, he was being stupid and he got bitten by a walker. I mean, because in reality, it's, I can't think of how many times I see Carl out in the woods and I'm like, what are you doing out there? Go back inside. Yeah. Like, I mean, why are you, why are you out there? Like, it's like pointless. Like, like what was it? A season? Was a season? um, You're talking about the Enid, right? Enid and and the skating in the woods. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, that episode with that just kind of drove me crazy because I was like, all you need is one walker to show up and you guys are so screwed. Like, how are you getting away on roller skates? Like, I mean, it was so mind boggling. Like, even though nothing, I think nothing happened, right? No, nothing happened. Yeah. Miraculous, miraculously enough, nothing happened. Yeah. And then but soon it, after, soon after that, the crew wasn't like even scared of walkers anymore. Like walkers was, were the least of their worries. Like, yeah, it was I like remember even, even back then, like they were still kind of like, Oh, let's avoid the walkers, you know? Yeah. If, if we can help it. Not that I'm upset at that. I'm just saying like, I think that's actually kind of good. I think they've yeah. been scared of, scared of walkers for the last, for the first six plus seasons. Right. Now they've kind of adapted to this new life. Yeah. And, and it shows like, you know, the scars are there, so they're not afraid to get into it. But I think, I think them yeah. maybe bringing that back, like that mm. kind of fear back right. when it comes to Carl's bite is kind of like, I okay. think it's a good reminder of like, it's hey, good. you know, don't take it for granted. You know, you can, these things are still dangerous and these things could still get a hold of you. And if it, they do get a hold of you, it's going to be fatal. So yeah. I think it's a good senseless death. That's the term I was thinking of. I was like, <laughs> what is the term? I was, it just came to me. Senseless. It feels like a senseless death unless something comes from this point and he's able to kind of bridge the gap between Rick and Negan, then okay. But otherwise, it just feels so senseless to me. And I just think that a character like Carl can't have a senseless death. It has to mean something and it has to kind of propel the story further. It has, it has to push the story along. Otherwise, it's like Glenn's death. Like Glenn's death was, and Abraham too, was so over the top, dramatic, and just sickening. But it's the catalyst for everything that's happened since. Right. It, it, it comes from that. Yeah. Exactly. It set the tone for everything since then. With Carl's death, which I would argue to say is weighs more than Glenn's death, honestly, that better mean something. That right. better be super impactful to what direction we're moving into now. I don't know what the direction is, but it's got to have some sort of weight to it. Otherwise, it just feels like you could have done that with anybody. You know, I mean, it could be, it could have been Morgan. It could have been, you know, anybody else. Like, so why Carl? Why does it have to be Carl? So I, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see when they come back in February to get an idea of the direction. I don't think that the trailer showed too much, but I mean, the other thing too is is the whole flash forward thing, which I mean, clearly it's not a flash forward then anymore. Right. You're talking about the flash forward with the Owl Festival and with, with the with Owl the Festival, right? And the old man Rick and and I rewatched that scene because I was like, let me find this and I want to just confirm. And Carl is in that you know quote unquote flash forward. Yeah. You don't see his face, but you hear him and you see that it's clearly him with his long hair. Yeah. 
So I was like, that can't be a flash forward then if Carl's going to die. So then is it just Rick thinking of what could have been, you know, in an ideal world, which isn't fair, honestly, because it's like I mentioned to you, that scene is almost straight out of the comics. Like it really does happen. So I'm like, does that mean that that doesn't happen anymore? That's just kind of like a figment of of Rick's imagination, but we're not really going to go there. Exactly. And do do you remember what I said to you too? Like as we were talking in uh, Messenger, it was kind of like, well, what if that scene was kind of like a one-off? Right. I think it was a it was an homage to the comic. I think it was an right. homage to to where the show could have gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, yeah, there, there's a two prong answer to that. I think one is that yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a farewell to all the comics readers. Like, okay, this is what you could have gotten, right? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, but we've diverged a little too much, and now we're going to take the show into a, a different direction. Right. So I think that was for them. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I said to you was like, okay, and it, it was kind of like a an offhand comment, but I've always thought this ever since the this, this scene happened and that's when and it's kind of prescient because we go over this scene the, the aftermath of the scene with Carl and Rick and right. that's when when Rick drives off Sadiq from the gas station the initial right. I believe that that's where everything diverges I think that's really it's really it, it seems so innocuous but at the same time the ripple effect could have been like okay Sadiq would have been on board way earlier Carl would not have gotten bitten he would have been on board without having to do something mm-hmm. so dangerous you right know? right so yeah. in a way it was kind of Rick's fault, but really it's kind of the writer's fault. It's, so I, yeah. The direction they want to take it. There's a lot um, of angry people out there. I think there's a petition out there to fire Scott Gimple. I think it has what? like 30,000. Yes, there's like 30,000 signatures on that thing. You know what grand- though? It depends on what, what kind of point of view you're taking this from. I mean, if you're obviously a comic reader, you're you're very concerned. Yeah, you're concerned. You I'm right. Like, I'm not angry at all at like Scott Gimple, like Scott M. Gimple. I'm not. <laughs> I always love when they said that Scott M. Gimple, but it's I am not angry. I was obviously like I think I literally texted you and was like no. <laughs> he lifted the bandage and I was like no. I should have I should have uh, sent you a, like a GIF with I Luke. Know. Luke like, exactly after, like, after Vader says I'm yes. <laughs> That's literally like Perfect. when I saw that, I did not see it coming and I was just floored. But I, I wasn't so much angry. I was just sort of like, oh my God, like now what? Like, where do we go from here? Like, like that's like that's basically how I felt it. And like I said, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it could be a good thing. It, it could potentially propel the show in a direction that it needs to. You know, there's it's no secret that the ratings haven't been as great as with previous seasons. And I well, think secrets that- out, <laughs> Secrets out. Everybody kind of knows. I mean, gr- I mean, it's do. still it's still AMC's cash cow. Like, I mean, yeah. it's still making in a ton of money for AMC between that and Talking Dead, like so much. But you know, is it at the peak as it, that it once was? Which I don't know when was the ultimate peak. I don't know if it was at like maybe season five or maybe four somewhere around there. Yeah, that sounds was, about like, right. Probably where it was at like at its peak. They were getting, I think, at that point, like seventeen million viewers or something crazy like that. So I. think think that they also kind of feel like, okay, well, maybe it's worth taking a risk and, you know, just kind of like giving this a little bit of a shot in the arm and taking things in a different direction because you kn- you're not going to please everybody. That's the reality of it. You're not. Yeah. There are going to be people who are comic book purists and are going to want things want things to stick straight to the comic. And it's like I told you before, I think that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is an amazing actor, but I think a lot of the issue that people have had with his Negan is that a lot of his lines have been directly 
taken word for word, word for word from the comic. And sometimes it just doesn't translate to screen. They, they just don't work the same way. They don't have the same impact as it does in print or the more visual display art perspective than, you know, versus moving picture. It's just not necessarily the same. So I think that I did hear that. I don't, I don't know what specifically about what's coming up in the comics that there was some concern about translating it to the screen and that they felt that they needed to go in a different direction. But yeah, I I don't know. Like it's not even just the character himself. It's just that, well, we have to kind of reformat the story to make it make more sense. I think that this character to exist in this world. I think that there was a concern about the relationship between Negan, Rick and Carl and that they weren't necessarily sure how much they could necessarily adapt that to the screen just because they weren't sure if it would be convincing enough. In the comic, it's like I've, I've said before, Negan is sort of like that cool uncle that, you know, believes in you more than your parents and like allows you to go drive his car because he knows like, hey, you're, you know, you're a grown guy, you can do it or whatever. Whereas your parents are like, no, you know, you don't, you're too young. That's kind of, <laughs> that's the best way to describe the relationship yeah. between Negan, Rick and Carl in the comics. Carl and Negan have a very uncle nephew sort of relationship once this war is all over. Whereas Rick is obviously still his father and has that sort of authoritative hold over him that obviously isn't the same as Negan. But both of these men have a very, very big space in their hearts for Carl, right. Negan and Rick. They he's, both He's like the tie that binds. He's like the tie that binds. Exactly. So that's why I'm, I, I'm just sort of like, I'll be very curious to see how this plays out because clearly you can see that Negan will listen to Carl. He's open to listening to him and he takes what he says in earnest and actually considers what he says rather than just kind of being dismissive of him. So to know that Carl's going to succumb to this bite, I wonder necessarily how Negan and what Rick will react and how that'll affect their relationship. And then it just makes me think about like how much longer can you draw out this war for too, you know? Mm-hmm. Or is his death the catalyst to basically start saying like, you know, we we need to come to a resolution or, or, or something? I don't know. Because I try to think about it in my head, but I was trying to remember, do they release trailers for after the mid-season premiere? Because when they released the trailer for the new season at Comic-Con, I'm pretty sure that You're almost- In the summer? Over in the, the summer? summer. Over the okay. summer. All the images that, or all the, the bits and pieces and components of that trailer, they've all been shown within this first half of the season. Like, I'm pretty sure that almost everything that was in that trailer, we've already seen in this first half of the season. That makes sense. So it makes me wonder though, like how much more fighting are we going to do in the second half of this season? Are we going to get through the war fairly quickly because Carl's going to be that tie that binds and like kind of brings this to an end, especially because, I mean, I don't know how much time he has left, (laughs) you know, in reality. You know, it's kind of funny that as you're talking, I'm starting to think of, okay, I can see where this show may go. And in terms of a prediction, I've got a little bit. But the first thing I want to want to address is like, I do get why people may not like the idea of Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan and Negan being translated as kind of almost a, a direct from comic book adaptation, almost. And the one thing that I actually like about villains, let's say in general, is that right. like a really good villain is almost like the um, the J.J. Abrams kind where it's a mystery box. 
jokes. Like right. the, the villain seems to be like untouchable. Negan's not the dying type, that sort of thing. And then it shows guy doesn't even carry a gun. No. So the time he's on screen. It's just a baseball bat with barbed wire around it. And he gets by on just that and, and his and his his hands alone. And you know, his intimidation, I guess. So that's one thing that I've really liked about his character. Like it, yeah. he's imposing and the things that end up happening on the show are are kind of realistic, actually. Like I buy it, you know, like right. I, I, I totally buy into it because it's just enough, let's say Jeffrey Dean Morgan for me to really appreciate it. Right. And and the, the reason why I say Jeffrey Dean Morgan is because it's not the Henry L- Rollins, right. you know, this in this visually brutish heat. There's a softness to Jeffrey Dean Morgan that yes. is just enough That's for just me enough to kind to of make like him compelling character and give him some dimension and make him interesting, you know, and well, not only that, but approachable, like like approachable, a realistic yeah. kind of like, okay, this guy was a grizzled whatever. He's like a hardened older gentleman, you know, who's a little bit older than his prime, you know, like and and just carrying himself that the way he does, it, it lends to this idea. Yeah, I'm I'm intimidating. I can't be touched. And then everything that happens subsequently, you're like, oh, okay, you can get a few shots in, but I'm gonna I'm gonna best you. Right. And, and I think that's very valuable. I think the fact that it's really hard to beat this guy, you know, and and the only and the approach that they're even taking to beat him is okay let's just you know what let's dig around Negan to kind of affect him let's let's starve his people and right. then we'll, we'll see what, what he does after that right and, and right. I think that's that's and it's kind of like as if the Rick and his crew are addressing the plot devices like okay let's see if we can trick the writers into into us beating Negan and and, uh, <laughs> and that's kind of like the approach that they're taking right now so yeah. it's like what is going to work against this evil mastermind and and so it's like okay you know we got to find the kryptonite somewhere we got to find his 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 weakness and you know what Achilles heel exactly his Achilles heel even though Achilles was kind of like a a protagonist (laughs) but um but it's that it's the idea that okay I think maybe now we found it yeah and that's Carl and and even getting that much of a pause we have not seen anything like that throughout oh no no not at all yeah the closest we have is maybe like it's it's not even that much is is when he came to Alexandria and and chilled with Carl and 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 Judith and all that but even that was kind of like I was still you know pooping my pants <laughs> because like yeah. he could switch it on Carl on a dime and Carl just seemed to kind of like okay look I think I need to be chill because even though I'm kind of pissed off right. I gotta watch and wait because dad would be yeah. really pissed if I died right now yeah. <laughs> so I, gave I, I mean it. God. I mean yes. I I, I agree. I think that he definitely, he, Negan has a soft spot for him, which is why I thought it was so funny. Like, I mean, that whole interaction at the wall at the gate of Alexandria, I thought was great. But I also thought, I also thought it was some pretty good lines by Negan this episode in general. Oh, yeah. I the responses that. to him? Yeah. Oh, the responses were great. I mean, showing up at the door, like basically demanding everybody to line up with apologies was awesome. Sing a I thought song, that was great. Write a poem. Sing a song, write a poem. Like, I mean, it's, I thought that that was, awesome. I love that when, you know, what's it that he said that he was, well, before they started bombing away and he was, you know, told like, (laughs) he was trying to yell at Rick and he was like, scorch earth. I was like, yeah, scorched earth. That was a great line. That that was pretty funny. And then when like, he realizes that, well, when Daryl and team break out their convoy and get out in the back, I love how he's like, I thought we were having a little moment, asshole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was, I thought we were having a moment, but I think he did. I think he sincerely yep. thought that they were having a moment there, that they were like having some a, a conversation, that they were connecting. Yeah. And even when sure. he 
and Rick are having their mano a mano, you know, altercation, <laughs> which that took me by surprise. Like <laughs> all of a sudden it was like, oh man, he's in his house. That's right. I forgot. I forgot about that. You know, he said he was and, spaghetti. Um, I don't say spaghetti. Oh gosh. But they, you know what? I will say that they trolled us. They trolled people like me that whole oh. episode because they were dropping Judith hints like crazy. Oh, like that Michonne episode. And Judith in the beginning. Michonne and Judith in the beginning. What else? When Negan was at the gate of Alexandria and like, uh, I think Carl mentioned that's like, you know, we have women and kids in here and, you know, Negan brings up like, you know, they do too <laughs> and baby Gracie and I was like, oh God, here we, we are talking about the kids. We had one you know? of the outposts. Yeah, he mentions the outpost specifically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, again, these babies and then when Rick comes into the house, you know, when he gets back to Alexandria, I think that he like calls out like Judith. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Carl. I, that's why I was like, at one point I was, watch- I, I was watching it with Eddie and I was just like, oh my, she's not in the house, is she? <laughs> Like uh, I was like, she's not there, right? They all got out, right? Right, like, right. Of course. I was like, oh my god! Like my concern was like Judith is inside because I was already like mentally preparing myself. I'm like, I don't think Judith's making it out of this, and so <laughs> I. And then when they were in the sewer, like there yeah. was a far off shot when Rick first enters the sewer, and you see Judith like yep. down the ways, like like, like kind of like was like a silhouette, and it freaked me out. I was like, holy crap, is she? Dead. Is that a little? <laughs> I was like, playing oh. with be- dead baby Judith. Yeah, yeah exactly. I-, I was like, because it was a very ethereal sort of dreamy kind of the way they shot it, yeah. you know, and the way like the light hit her and stuff. So yeah, they trolled people like me this whole episode. Like, like they us. knew. I mean, I yes. think it was the first one to say. Well, I mean, I was say- all about Judith. Yeah. I was all like, I don't know, man. I was like, Judith is. I don't know if she's long for this world. Like, and I, I had. I mean, I didn't have literal money down, but that was. A if I was a betting woman, I would have certainly bet my my bottom dollar that Judith was going to be the shocking twist yeah, of this episode. Yeah, for so sure, for sure. I so yeah, color me surprised. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. I, th- I think those scenes were kind of specifically designed to keep you like, yeah, she's still here. Yeah, the feedback on her dying wasn't very good. <laughs> so. Yeah, so we decided to switch it up and do Carl instead, which kind of makes me surprised. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. Well, it's not even that I hear what you're saying. I I I, I see that you, that some people are saying that. The show is reacting to feedback, you know, and they're they're take, making course correct corrections accordingly. Right. But part of me is kind of like, I don't know about that. I think I don't know. I, I, only, I don't know. Yeah. I think the only feedback that they're taking is in the way they present what they ultimately want to do anyway. So, mm. you're like, Just so basically, like, example, how grotesque do we want to get it? Well, either grotesque or like the way they trolled us with Judith in in the silhouette right. and kind of like like okay, right from the beginning of the show, it's kind of like okay, well, I guess we're saying goodbye to Judith with Michelle, yeah. <laughs> and then like at the end, the silhouette of we're like, eh, she's still here. So I was like, all right, Judith is still there. Being taken care of by Daryl. Yeah, of all people, too. Of all people. Like a non-existent Daryl, Daryl Dixon. So it's uh, it's all the non-existent characters on one side. And then, oh, yeah. man. Okay, if you think about the way Glenn fake died, you know, feigned dying. It, yes, I think, his dumpster death. Yeah, I think or the way... Yeah, exactly. I think the way that they did that was in reaction to, like, fans. Like, okay, let's just see how, you know... Oh, they don't want him to die. Oh, we'll bring him back. Uh, only to kill him again. So right. a couple episodes later. So, you know, it's kind of like, I think they'll do it in as much as they're going to do what they're going to do anyway, but at least now they can actually troll harder, you know? So, <laughs> so you know, if they're even reacting at all,
all. Like maybe they're just doing it to do it anyway. And and so it just yeah. ends up, the, the result ends up being the same. I think the only person, the only thing that changes is the way we react to it. You know, like, oh, we were acting so hard. Oh, they changed it. Oh, okay, cool. Oh no, they didn't change it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, there's always a chance that Judith ends up biting it anyway <laughs> in the next episode or two. So True. this is the way things go, man, on this show sometimes. Yeah. And you know what you were saying before about like, about, you know, characters having, needing some sort of nonsenseless death. I mean, you know, look at, look at the way some of these characters ended up like, uh, you know, I mean, like Dale and T-Dog and right. Shane to a certain extent. I mean, I know they kept him around for a little while, but Tyrese, Tyrese, I mean, they, they gave him a kind of a beautiful montage, like a beautiful walkthrough of his life. But yeah, you know, at the same time, kind of senseless, you know, if you it really was. think about it. Yeah, it was. You're right. I mean, Tyrese's death was definitely one of those that I would classify as like a senseless death. I mean, they did it very beautifully in terms of, you know, his send off. I like how they did it. I like the car ride. I like the different people that have come and gone, you know, so I thought that that was very well done. And honestly, like with Carl, I'm almost certain that if he is done, which is sounds like it is Seems the case. to be the case with his haircut and all. Yeah. <laughs> he looks I'm, very good, by the way. He does. He looks like a new man. He looks like a new young man. Yeah. Have to admit. Yeah. But the yes, hair. Seriously. Yeah. I am sure that they could do a lot of Carl flashbacks. Remember, Rick saw Lori. I was going to say like, that, yeah. <laughs> many times after Lori passed away because... I, and, it, <laughs> and if he was feeling that way about Lori, I can't imagine for his own son. I have to imagine that for Carl. I mean, that's the other thing. How does Rick handle it? Yeah, yeah. And and if you think about it, the way he handled Lori's visions, as the handful that they were, you have to remember that Lori wasn't exactly like a very positive protagonist. You know, she's no. very, very conflicted, very um, not confusing character, but very um, kind of neutral almost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like she wasn't a um, I'm you know, for lack of better word, she wasn't like the best influence on Rick. You know, no, especially in no. the initial, but like even throughout, you know, the middle. Yeah. And all the way to her death. But Carl, now that would be a more powerful vision to have because yeah. his last few words, his last real interaction with Rick, those were very powerful. And I think those will be ringing in his head. And I yeah. think the idea or the presence of Sadiq through, throughout this will be a living reminder of those words. So it's right. kind of like, how can you forget what you need to aspire to yeah. when it comes to how this is going to end and play out? Yeah. yeah. And then saying those words and then saying Sadiq's Sadiq's own mother's words. Yeah. You know? So yeah. there, there's definitely something to it. I mean, we've seen the flash forward or the right flash forward, I guess. So yeah. I think the writing's on the wall here. You know, I think we know where the show is kind of going to go. The fact that he even says those lines in a flash forward, it, you know, in the beginning, the first episode of the season tells you exactly how this is going to end up, you know, or at least how he's going to approach it. Right. Whatever happens afterwards, really all bets are off the table. Like we assume so much. We assume that Negan is going to survive this. Right. But deep down in my heart, I'm kind of like thinking to myself, what if this was the only way to actually kill Negan? <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. And you know what? I kind of like that. I kind of like that we've kicked the comic, not to, no offense. No, no. Like we've kind of kicked the comic readers in the nuts. Yeah, exactly. Like you kind of, you guys have had it coming. <laughs> With all of your like, oh yeah, you should read the book. Book's better. You know, like, that's right. sort of, like that kind of crowd, which I'll admit, not a lot of people do. It's like, it's the it's the huge difference between the people that read the Game of Thrones books mm-hmm. and, and then watch the show and then like The Walking Dead and the people that watch the show. It's like, yeah, they have some glimpses and insights into the show, The Walking Dead.
Walking Dead fans, the comic fans. But first of all, they're usually pretty tight-lipped. Right. And it's not even that. There's enough of a divergence where it's right from the onset that this wasn't really a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Game of Thrones, like, and I haven't read the books, but from what, my understanding, there were slight divergences. And then all of a sudden, like near the end, the last season slash season or two, the first half of that last season, I think this was this was like a half of a season that we just had over the summer. That hasn't even been written yet. So that's a complete diversion from from what's been, what's potentially going to be mm-hmm. written. Who knows? Right. Or if it ever will be written, who knows? So it's time that the comic readers are completely in the dark. You know, like and and you know we yeah. do re- research on the show. I mean, I I troll troll like troll images um, online for different things, and and you know I I've seen images of you know future happenings, and it's kind of like will we even see these characters come up? Will we even see some of these futures anymore? And it's kind of like I'm kind of glad that it's kind of up in the air right now. Yeah, kind of no, glad right that completely in the dark. Yeah, right now it's very up in the air because really they could take the next arc they they could follow the comic and follow the next arc give Carl's storyline to somebody else they could do that sure but they could go in a completely different direction and I mean what about for example that helicopter we still don't have confirmation on what's up with that helicopter that helicopter though <laughs> that helicopter yeah and it's true I, I, that is the unknown that is a big question mark who in yeah. the world is flying that helicopter yeah <laughs> what I'm on what I'm unaware of. <laughs> totally unaware of. I am wholly unaware of. But I know what I don't know. <laughs> And that helicopter, though. <laughs> that helicopter, I am clueless and I need to know. I need to understand who is in that helicopter. What's I wonder that? if it's going to... But you know what? They, they could... Uh, you know what they could do? They could do the same thing that they, that they did with Heath. Leave a little calling note or whatever and just never revisit it until like a season later or something. They could do that. Yeah, I was just going to bring up Heath. Yeah. Yeah. Heath is flying the helicopter. <laughs> Uh, well you know what Uh, hmm. i just saw an entryway and oh i I didn't even get to what my theory was but but i'll get to that the heath thing you know we were pretty close to oceanside when we lost heath what if oceanside has had him for a while and i'm wondering if that's his re-entry point that would be cool is he being held as their hostage yeah like like maybe he's even married to cindy is it cindy yeah okay yeah i think so what if he's like quote unquote married to her right now that could be a good way out of that situation for aaron and enid yeah because that is a sticky situation i don't know necessarily how you get out of that one yeah i'm very concerned the only way i can see that happening is now for at this moment is is through heath showing up somehow like saying oh i know them oh they wouldn't do that etc they wouldn't do that yeah they're not killers you know your grandmother is kind of a cuckoo for cocoa puffs yeah she just wants to kill people on site and i mean honestly not you know not to be rude but not having i forget what the grandma's name was but she was the one that was super against them joining them in the war effort right but there were people yeah but it's like the oceans but in terms of some of the other women on the ocean side they were like hey that sounds good (laughs) you know sure you know we'll fight too but it was her specifically as the matriarch that she was very much adamantly against no we're not going to get ourselves involved in this right right backsliding (laughs) i still say that simon was one who killed all their men I, i agree and you know what else i think this is this is a good segue into what I was thinking. Like the only way that one of the few ways I think could be an entry point into Negan possibly having a peace treaty with the Rick's crew is in an effort to rein in his lieutenants. I think what Auk has started uh, by starving them out and possibly threatening their their hold with the workers, I think the damage has been done. I think enough doubt is in place to kind of not only 
cause the lieutenants to break off, but also to, to maybe have some of the saviors break off with them, you know, and, and start different factions, you know, maybe mm-hmm. different control. Maybe they, they get a little selfish. I'm not right. seeing that in this episode, but what I'm, uh, but what I could potentially see is we can start seeing the damage that has been done, like with the people and right. like a slow kind of seed that's been planted, you know, in Simon's head and, and Gavin's head, even definitely Regina. And this could also even be a good way for Eugene to come back to seeing the writing on the wall and saying, oh, I've got a book, you know, and that sort of thing. And and then, you know, Negan crosses lines and says, you know what, I kind of need your help right now. You right. Know, I, ca- I kind of need you to rein because because they are nothing without me. And it, with your numbers and, and your your ties to other communities, we could definitely put, shut this down. Right. You know, and even and I could even get the workers to, to join in, you know, because they love me. Yeah. That sort of thing. So yeah. I, I can definitely do that happening. I think even the workers would have, I think part of them are, are kind of sick and tired of taking it you know and you know as much as they're fine with their arrangement i think part of them are kind of like we're kind of sick of living under this threat you know and if right. and if negan comes out with some sort of rick like speech with them you know i think he could definitely inspire them right to, to, to do greatness that, that sort of thing because they're every you know they're just men the saviors the savior knights let's say and the savior lords are just men yeah you know they may be skilled fighters but like if you have enough numbers you know and and know yeah. how and and negan might even have some knowledge that the lieutenants don't have you know yeah they, they seem to take orders pretty well. They do. So, oh, I'm just thinking about it. Like, there's some good entry points. The Carl thing, the joining forces thing. I think one of the highlights for me, if I had to say that Carl's situation. There are highlights in this of, episode? I think Maggie <laughs> coming into her own was yeah. pretty darn great to see. Yeah. Again, this is why I'm saying that I'm so over Jesus. So <laughs> over Jesus. What is his role? It's, it's, such a function. A, it's such a disappointment to me. I mean, and again, okay, I get it. We're not going by the comics and whatever but he was a bad at I mean the way he was first introduced that he was this mysterious guy and you didn't know necessarily what community he was from or what he what his deal was but he was very martial and like that was very interesting and when they introduced him I was like oh yes they're introducing Jesus you know and I knew certain things so when you see him fighting in that particular introductory episode with Daryl especially I was like oh yes it's awesome but they haven't really done anything like that since yeah not really even it's, even that fight scene with morgan wasn't kind of like uh, yeah, we're was, fighting our own now again right so i was just i was ugh. but i was very pleased with maggie because you know what i love about the the whole maggie piece and you know obviously you know she gets stopped on the street the hilltop gets stopped on on the streets leading to because my understanding is that it seems like they were on their way to the sanctuary to you know quote unquote finish this yeah yeah, to definitely, definitely. Um, and they get stopped on the road by the saviors who had Jerry is Jerry okay we never got confirmation that Jerry's okay yeah I, I you know what I had assumed that he went with Hilltop I hadn't seen him but they don't exactly it's like I oh. assumed that he was okay because if the, anything were to happen to him like we would have seen it but yeah I was like I'm assuming he's a Hilltop you know what he might actually be at the sanctuary oh god mm-hmm. for Jerry yeah but who knows maybe this is one of those decisions they kind of keep to the vest until yeah the se- until the mid-season opens you know they decide how to play that card mm. surprise surprise Possibly. give yourself up ezekiel <laughs> zeke my man give yourself up <laughs> I was very pleased to see Maggie be very strategic in that confrontation with Simon. They, by the way, 
The saviors are all about the big display, aren't they? Because the whole coffin thing, how do they have all these coffins? They did the same thing with Sasha. Here yeah. again, we have another coffin. I was like, when they brought it out, I was like, what is this about? I'm not sure. Well, this one's a bit more roughshod. The other one was a much more like funeral home yes. made Yes, they coffin. took it from the parlor. Casket, yeah, say. yeah. this one was very rough, you know, this bare one, bones. This one's more of like a Jewish burial where it's nothing fancy. <laughs> Nothing fancy. Like slap some pine on there and drill some holes. You're good. You're good, son. <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was very, very, it was a very humble, very humble coffin, yeah. I will say. More like but a chicken it, crate. I will say later. that hilltop scene, though, made me so nervous. I will say that Simon makes me no, more nervous than Negan. You're saying in the in the cars or at yeah, the hilltop? Yeah, the okay. car, the, the interaction between the saviors and the hilltop community on the road. Yeah, when I saw that, when I saw the tree, the tree in the road and, the, oh, and, immediately. and Maggie freaking out, I was kind of like, oh, come on, man. They just can't catch a break. Can't catch <laughs> like, a break. This was basically like, I, I don't know who said it, but I was like, this is exactly it. It's like the first half of the season has been very much all about Rick and, and moving forward and, and all of that. And this episode was basically like the Empire Strikes Back. And I'm looking forward to Return of the Jedi next yeah. season. Like yeah. that's literally like, it, that's literally what it was. It was like, basically like the saviors got out and are just kicking ass and taking names. They're at the kingdom. They're confronting the hilltop. They're at Alexandria. They're just everywhere it's like the, but, uh, they, they're rolling out the unfinished death star you know it's like yes. they're still kind of recovering i think i like i said like i don't know that they're 100 percent. that they're 100 percent. you know like mm-hmm. i still think that there is damage whether whether it's like emotionally or and or i like think resource wise they still don't have food you know that sort of no. thing yeah i mean i think that resources are running slim um and i wonder too from a people perspective because i thought it was really interesting again with maggie obviously simon gives her options about what they can do and what options they have and basically they want to keep the hilltop alive because it's their source of food and yeah. nutrition and all of that so they want them to produce so yeah. um that's a that's a really good point by the way yeah. yeah yeah i was wondering i was wondering why he was going easy on on hilltop really yeah i was confused about that at first too and then upon kind of seeing it again i realized oh well okay so it's because basically they can get something from them and you know it's pointless to kill them because then you're really then you're really out of luck because yep. where are you going to get your resources from? Yep, the um, value in the in that resource because they can't spare their own. Obviously, no, they can't spare their own, and the sanctuary doesn't really have. I mean, we've seen glimpses of the sanctuary where they have certain goods and things like that, but we knew that the hilltop is is farmers. We knew that with the kingdom, they seem to grow a certain amount of produce too because they had that arrangement with Gavin where they would right. bring like the cantaloupes and pigs and all of that. So That's clearly, right. like these other communities have figured out how to produce for their communities. So it's in their best interest, not so much with Alexandria, but with Hilltop, especially to keep them around because otherwise it, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. But actually, it was... you know I have a question though, and mm-hmm. something that we haven't seen thus far, but since before season eight started, I've been wondering, we haven't seen snow. And I know that they're in Virginia, <laughs> yes. right, or like in the DC yeah. area or just a little below. It I'm snows. It snows. Man. I've been in Virginia where in, when it snows. Yeah, me too. Or at least pass through. But I know that. And you know, I think this would be an interesting opportunity to kind of exploit that because before they were yeah. kind of in Georgia and Georgia, right. even like just like Florida gets fair weather throughout the year. Well, or sweltering, humid weather. Right. You know, but in the winter, it's kind of fair, not too bad, but no snow. And I mean, this could be a unique opportunity to kind of like say, okay, long game. You know, we could do a Game of Thrones and winter is
is coming. Yeah. So for scavenging, it's bad. For farming, there's a season. It's not looking very good on the resources front. I mean, right. they've got to kind of stockpile things to a certain extent. So I don't yeah. really know how that's going to play out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play they, out. Maybe they'll be keeping it to the vest, sneaking winter in at some point. That you would know, be very like, interesting. It'd be jarring. As a theme, like, because we haven't seen it, you know, we mm-hmm. haven't we haven't had to experience it yet. So, no. you know, it's different from like year round farming where you could just turn the crop down right. in the south. You know, oh, okay, this this half of the year we're planting cotton, let's say, or in the, the other half of the year we're planting, uh, you know, sorghum right. <laughs> or, like, right. or like wheat or corn or something. Right. You know, right. different parts of the year yield different crops, right? So, yeah. But like with Virginia, I mean, look, there's it's temperate. I mean, somewhat yeah, temperate, temperate at least. So. No, it is. It's definitely temperate because they definitely get their share of winters. They have um, to do that this year. It's it's got to happen this this mid in this know. mid-season the rest of the mid-season even if it's the last there. episode yeah the last episode the like, very yeah. last episode of like the whole series you start to see like snow falling at the end scene and the it's like scene. oh crap this is the bigger enemy <laughs> No, is, is the bigger enemy. Oh man, because they haven't really addressed that. Like they haven't really addressed that on either of the communities, like the Alexandria, the, the mm-hmm. Hilltop. I mean, they've probably they have they've been around for a while. I I don't know how long this apocalypse has been going on too. Which that's another thing that I've been wondering about. Have they had a winter yet? Yeah, has, is has it been more than a year? I mean, it has, my, to, have been. It has to. It yeah. has to have been more than a year. My understanding is that it definitely has to have been like a few years. It has to. Which is why they're still using cars from like six to eight years ago. Right. <laughs> think i believe yeah maybe even, I, maybe even earlier who knows wow uh, i don't know but i i did i i did think that the scene with the saviors in the hilltop was intimidating because simon is a loose cannon i firmly believe that simon was responsible for the death of all the men and boys at oceanside so i feel he's a loose cannon and i feel like you don't necessarily know what to anticipate with him when he turned around and shot at maggie's car like i i was so worried for a second because it happened so fast so i was concerned yeah. for a moment i I was like, oh my God, Jerry. Like, I didn't really care so much about Jesus. But I mean, oh, like, wow, it comes out. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I don't dislike him or anything, but I just, right. I would have been surprised. I would have been like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But like, I wouldn't yeah. have been like, no, you know, if it would have been Jerry, I would have, I would have been very sad. But, but no, it's Neil in the back, a red coat that was basically just there. A red shirt is never a red coat. Yes, a red They're coat. Coming. I'm sorry. The red coats are coming. It's winter, damn it. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, red uh, shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, red shirt. Isn't it weird how we don't really react to like a red no. shirt dying? Like, we've, we've, no. we've spent so much energy biting our nails. Like, my nails are lit. Because I've watched this episode my probably anxiety. four times. Yeah. Four times. And uh-huh. my nails are in bad shape. Like, my, yeah. like, I'm starting to bite off pieces of finger. It's just. I <laughs> honestly, I, I think that the most stressful episode to me was the Glenn and Abraham episode, like the, the premiere when we found out what happened. I am not one to look into spoilers. I don't want to. I want to generally like watch it and be surprised and kind of, you know, I can make my own predictions and see what happens with that because I kind of knew what was coming and obviously like the way the season had left off, it was showed Negan's murder from the point of view of the victim. I I was like, I need to mentally prepare myself for what's going to happen that I know is going to happen and I did look up spoilers and found out, okay, this is how it's going to happen wow. and I, I i i did not i needed to prepare myself i was like i don't think i do not want to sit there very comfortably and just be shocked and floored and just but even knowing
knowing what was going to happen, my anxiety was still like through the roof because I was waiting for it to happen. Because <laughs> it's like I knew it was coming. I mean, that's why it's kind of pointless, like in terms of spoilers. It doesn't change anything, really. No, it, it does. You're you're still going to be just as appalled. <laughs> like you're not. It's not going to take anything away from that. Yeah, you may know to prepare yourself a little bit for what you're about to see, but I mean, it's not going to you know dramatically change what you're going to see. You're still going to have the same reaction. But yeah, no, Neil was a red shirt and he was killed. We never saw him before. Yeah, he's randomly. Right. He's re- Yeah, exactly. And he's just <laughs> randomly in the car with them this time around. Okay. I feel, I feel like we may have seen him at the first introduction of Rick to the Hilltop. Uh, like, remember when he killed that guy? Maybe he was there. Remember remember that he, they, uh, was was it Rick that killed the guy or Daryl? I can't remember which, but, hmm. but like was right it? when they when they first go into the Hilltop. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But he might have been there. But I, either way, I mean, you're right. He's, it's just like, how do you, how do you react properly to that? You're just like, wow, that sucks. It just, it just <laughs> I mean, that's how I was. I was like, it, oh, it man. just blends into the landscape. Like it blends yeah. into the overall. Like, come on, you're like, oh man. Yeah. You know, they get they pulled over, and it's just it's it's gonna how it's how it's gonna be right now. Duh. Yeah. You know, like I'm frustrated. I was a mix of so, frustrated and terrified. And I was just paranoid about Jerry. I was just like, when it because it happened so fast. I was like, oh my god, is Jerry still alive? Oh, okay. Maggie's still alive. Okay. Yeah. And Jerry, like, Jerry ain't looking too good. You know. No, he's not. So I'm concerned, but I don't know. Cause they, that was one of the things they left that very open-ended. Like, where yeah. is Jerry? Is he okay? You know, oh, like when he got hit by the car, basically. Right. And that they, and when they had him and all that, it was just sort of like, did they let him go once they let you guys go to mm. go back to the hilltop? I don't know. But yes, Maggie returns to the hilltop and summons one of the saviors. I think it was the savior that held up. Dean. Yes. Yes, pissing it was. Dean. Yes. She calls him out and. And the other guy, like the nice savior. Dylan, right? Dylan, yes. Whom we find out may not be named Dylan, by the way. How do how, wait? Oh, how? yeah. I, I meant to jar you there. He calls back to who we Al, thought was. right? Exactly. What's that about? That is very interesting. Shut up, Al. If Cupcake, Cupcake wants to show, give us a show, go blam, blam. Right. Al. Who's yeah. Al? I know. That was that is a very interesting point. I did notice that. I was like, Al. That's that's where that 20% comes from, man. Like It's like I said, there's that. <laughs> 80% that kind of like I'm on board with this guy I'm cool with this guy mm-hmm. and then that 20% is named Al the 20% <laughs> that I'm not on board with and I'm not saying that that changes anything necessarily because yeah. I mean I get it sure why give a real name right mm-hmm. so I don't know what to make of that man I mean Jesus goes by Jesus that's not really his name that's true did we get his real name I feel like we yes. did yeah it's Paul Monroe something like that we, we got that from the show or yeah at that very first first episode where he's introduced because Rick and Daryl kind of like come up on him from behind and like have their guns up and he puts his hands up and you know they ask him like who are you and he says his name which I think he said was like Paul Monroe and he turns around and says but my friends call me Jesus and then that's it's been Jesus ever since. Which I love that name too, like Monroe. Because it's it that, a cool name, right? Wasn't Monroe like from? Oh, that by the way, that's the guy. Remember, I, I mentioned Revolution. Yes, it's the Monroe Republic. So Monroe <laughs> Republic, the guy that the bad guy who turns out to end up fighting with the good guys. He's his name was Monroe. All these like little these um. He's, he was a president, and I think he was from Virginia. Yeah, right? yeah. which is which is even cooler. Be, yeah, I think you're right. The the Virginia colony. So that I that I always I like our American history sometimes. Like I like. Like when people can blend in these uh, these colonial names. You well, know, somebody stories. Somebody mentioned that when Enid and Aaron decided to take their detour and they went to the Roanoke Distillery. Oh, the North North Carolina the colony. 
that disappeared. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and I and I noticed that too when they were going there. I was like Roanoke. I was yeah. like, isn't that that colony that disappeared? That disappeared. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to extrapolate too much from that because it is a real. Yeah. It's a real place. <laughs> real yeah. people live there. So. Yeah. Exactly. So I was yeah. like, hmm. Yeah, kind of. I yeah. You want them to do something with that, but it's kind of like, yeah, we'll just leave it there. We'll yeah. just leave it there. The haunted whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to leave that there. This whiskey has been infused with the souls of the lost people of Roanoke. Oh my Enjoy Oceanside. That's where Jeez. we cue the commercial. That's where the for, commercial comes in. For Roanoke Distillery. <laughs> Roanoke Distillery. Yeah, yeah, but I appreciated Maggie shooting the savior. Yeah, like, no hesitation. And I also appreciate her basically saying, like, you know, we have to prepare, like, Hilltop for the last stand, you know, that sort of thing. But I really appreciate her walking away and be and holding back tears or being teary. I appreciate that so much because I think that's such a human sort of approach in the sense of that she does not want to be executing people. That's not what she wants to do whatsoever. But right. in, she has to act accordingly in order to be strategic in this war with these enemies that they're dealing with. And we see, obviously, at the end of the episode that they don't use the coffin for Neil. They use it to put in the savior and she leaves a note at the top saying like one down what is a 38 to go something That's like right. that we have 38 more stand right. down yeah exactly which i loved i was like that is awesome yeah and not only that she is acutely aware that hilltop is kind of like the last stand right now right it which is, is very stand. insightful very is. very insightful the kingdom is is done alexandria is blown to bits so yeah the hilltop is the last stand yeah, it's a good point. thing simon talks too much let's put it that way yeah so, He's very chatty. Did you ever play Grand Theft Auto, by the way? I have played Grand Theft Auto, but he, he was he Liberty City or was he something else? Vice I, City? No, I no, don't. he was the later ones, right? I think five? he might have been. Yeah, it might have been Grand Theft Auto 5. He was Trevor. See, I, I I don't think I got that far. I mean, I have a co- I have a copy of it, but yeah. He's just such a creep. Stephen Ogg definitely has this weird je ne sais quoi about him <laughs> that he's leveraged very well for himself, which is awesome. It's good for him. I think he was even recently on a show called Broad City. Yes. Really? He was on a recent episode or an episode not that long ago, Broad City, where he plays, I think, like a locksmith or handyman or something. Because one of the chicks had locked herself out of her apartment and he comes and he's like just really skeevy, just super slimy. I'm like, this is you. You're just always this guy. <laughs> You're always typecast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was like, clearly, this is. Just what you exude, you know, yeah. like it's just this sort of like, and he might yeah. be the nicest person in the world. <laughs> he's, he's got that handlebar mustache. Yeah, he just has that look, you know, just sketchy, sketchy as hell. Meanwhile, you look at his like his promo photos, his his headshots, and there he actually looks really good. No, I mean he's he's actually like a lot of these people, like they've been in a ton of things. You know, we just know them from Walking Dead, but you know, right? With many of them, like they've been on a lot. I mean, look, every holiday time, I always see Andrew Lincoln, a.k.a. Rick Grimes, <laughs> on TV because he was in Love Actually, and it's one of my favorite Christmas oh, movies, and it's on what? all the time. Yeah, I got 
to watch that again now because I have this like totally new appreciation. I haven't seen it in years, like maybe 10 years, I think. So now I have like a new appreciation for it. I know. And it's just so bizarre to hear him talking in his normal British accent, you know? No coral, none of that. Every now and again, I'll pop a a coral, you know, like just just randomly, just to keep it real. (laughs) I know. I know who you are. I know who you are, Andrew Lincoln. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that. No more of that. But I did appreciate Maggie's piece. And I feel like that's the Hilltop's piece right there. That was basically their their part of the story. We have Ezekiel at the kingdom, who is basically just buried in the chains of guilt that are holding him back. He is carrying around Shiva's chain. Like He's still like in that same kind of spot that he was when Carol was talking to him. Like It's like he hasn't left. But then we hear, you know, we come to realize that the saviors have kind of ambushed the kingdom and, you know, Ezekiel runs and and Gavin's the one who I guess has been tasked with having to come to um, kingdom. Kingdom, Again, Gavin is middle management who hates being middle management. Like he just doesn't want to do his job at all. Like he begrudgingly does it because of the health insurance, but like he does you know what I mean? The benefits, like, are, I guess, are good. Like the benefits are good, I guess. And I'm not going to find another job that offers me like good dental. So I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to deal with it, even though I hate my boss and like, ugh, you know, I don't want to be here, but I guess I got to do it. Like that's basically his attitude about it. Yeah. Yeah. He does say something though. And I'm just, I have to bring it up because I had to actually put on the closed captionings to hear this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel eventually sets off an explosion. There's a distraction. It gives them time for the kingdom to get away in a school bus and and head to Carol's, you know, Carol's little shack on the yes. way to the kingdom. But when Gavin has Ezekiel cornered and, you know, Morgan starts coming out of the shadows, mm-hmm. he starts to say something and it's like, now now a lot of a lot more people have to die. So, and he says, sometimes you just have to swallow it. I do. Jesus, I thought you knew that too. Like something about that, mm. something about that, like every single interaction between Gavin and, 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 Ezekiel. and Ezekiel, there's always something where like you you know uh, it, that I don't want to do this. Like you absolutely mm-hmm. know. It like makes me wonder. History there. Yeah, like it makes me wonder. Okay, think about Benjamin's dad and his mysterious demise. Right, right. right. I Which wonder. I still look at that with a side eye. Right now, now I wonder if th- the three of them were together in the kingdom, you know, as equals or something, or as you know, as knights, or you know what I mean, just like as 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 people trying to survive and taking care of all these people. And I wonder whether you know the saviors roll through and pick a representative of the kingdom you know yeah. and could that be could that have been Gavin part of him is, is like oh you know I'm gonna step into this role but you know I, I won't take full part of it but I think maybe somewhere along the line he kind of bought in mm-hmm. and that's and that's why he talks to the kingdom and that's why he it, it, I always found it funny the way he talks to the kingdom like in a way he understands like in a way right. I think maybe that was Negan's strategy let me pick one of their own to bring back to the home base yeah in, in order to manage them you know and because I always found it kind of like okay why is this guy so so like I don't buy it, but I also right. think why would he even bother? Like he's got the full force of the saviors behind him. Why right. would you even bother with kind of like I don't want to do this? Right. I yeah. Found it there could fishy. be. There could be something. I. I mean, his character definitely is super reluctant to like enforce any sort of violence or or pushiness at all. Like it just he does not want to do that. Yeah. Clearly, he's the arm holding back Jared. In a yeah. Way. He well he didn't like when Jared shot Benjamin. He came 
came down on Jared for that immediately. Yeah. So he he doesn't want things to have to escalate to that level. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder if we're, I mean, I think that we will find out a little bit more, honestly, especially since when we leave it, Ezekiel basically locked himself in to the kingdom with the saviors to give his people time to basically run and, and not get captured. Yeah. And now Morgan shows up and I I wonder what happens to Gavin now. Because yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a perfect you know, opportunity. For, yeah. He doesn't die. Just remember no, that. He just, just remember that. He can't. Nope. Yeah. So I think that uh, th- this would be a perfect opportunity for, for him to get Ezekiel out of this mess. Because part of me is thinking to myself, okay, had Morgan not showed up, I think I think Zeke would have been done. Where they would take Zeke back to the, the sanctuary, they would get it done, and then and then right at that moment, Negan has a peace deal with Alexandria. It'd be like this this senseless death, you know, in the midst of this peace negotiation that, that, the, right. that the rest of the saviors don't know is going on. Yeah. And that's, I don't know why I walk away with this feeling, this dread that like, oh, man, we're going to kill this guy for no reason. But mm-hmm. now that Morgan is showing up, I'm like, okay, maybe there's a chance for this not happen. Yeah. Because I just it, feel like that's the way it's going to go down, you know, in my right. head. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel the way I do. <laughs> very, I'm very cynical as a result of this episode. Not as a, yeah. result, as a result of the season plus the last few seasons. Yeah. Very, not disillusioned, but more like, you know, I got my cynical eye on and it's hard to take those those filmy glasses off. It's hard yeah. to take off. It, it's hard to put on those rose colored glasses yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Right now I'm dealing with blurred vision and then filmy glasses and it's kind of like, hey, what what am I to expect otherwise? I'm too lazy yeah. to go to the, the eye doctor to get into a prescription. So, yeah, I think it's getting a little too real with my commentary. <laughs> so, I, I, I get what you're putting down. I, my eyes checked. <laughs> I, I got it. I understand. As somebody yeah. with horrible vision, I, I get it. <laughs> okay, good. The whole thing with, with Gavin is just, is just very... I think that there's history there and yeah. I think... And maybe they'll leave it there. I don't know. They might leave it there, but considering Ezekiel locked himself into uh, the kingdom with the saviors, I think we're going to see a little bit more interaction that will hopefully give us a little bit more background in terms of yeah. that relationship. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, he doesn't have to plea with, with Ezekiel. No. You're know, like, I don't know what that scene is all about. To. No, he yeah. doesn't have to at all. So, I mean, the, like, the, the, the kingdom's all, they all but run away. So, why does he... He doesn't really have to rap with with uh, Ezekiel. It makes you wonder why that scene even has to exist. But then, so there must be a purpose to it. There must be a reason for it, you know? So what would be know, interesting it, is it does if bug Gavin, me. it bugs you in what way? No, it, it just bugs me that this, that whole scene just doesn't need to happen. And yet it does. And so it makes me wonder if there's something more to that. If there's a lot more to that, you know, the stuff we've, we've already mentioned, but it's just niggling at me now. It'll be interesting to see, like, I mean, what if he is, is on Ezekiel's side? What if he's another, not exactly like Dwight, but... You know, I'm sure that there are various, there are various defectors within the saviors that do not agree with it. They're there, but they don't agree with it. It might've been in the Big Scary You episode where uh, Regina kills one of the workers that starts to kind of like, you know, rise up against the lieutenants. And I think we found out that that worker had weapons on them that they wouldn't have had access to without help from the inside. So clearly there is a similar sentiment among the workers that they're not necessarily completely buying into this whole Negan thing. Mm, I see. So there's so, like a vein of resistance. Like, right. So Dwight be, obviously has uh, right. computers of some kind. Right. Even if it's just a few. Okay. Okay. It'd be interesting to see if Gavin is torn, if mm. he is sympathetic to Ezekiel and his 
these people and why they would resist. He might be sympathetic and he might be, he might try to reason with him and tell him like, look, you know, stop fighting a losing battle, a losing battle. Yeah. It's all about perspective. Yeah. Because I think that there's some semblance of a mutual respect between the two men or at least Gavin towards Ezekiel. And so I think we're going to see more personally, I think. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it really does explain my theory about Gavin's origin, like a split off from the, from the kingdom. Like he was a kingdomite. Right. You know? So, I mean, I like the idea. Who knows what happens? But yeah. 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 I don't know. (laughs) It would be interesting. It would be interesting. Very, very very interesting. I do want to talk about one thing and that was Michonne's reaction. Oh, when Negan showed up at the, at Alexandria? More that when they, when they, when it was time to escape and head, head to, head to the sewers, she has a frozen moment. Yeah. yeah, She has like a Morgan moment. Yeah. She, she she starts clearing. She does. She starts clearing. She's just, (laughs) because I think. I know. Now it's everything's like clear. She's standing there watching their home burn to the ground, their basically. Future. Remember her resistance to Carl? Carl's yeah. plan? No, this yeah. is our future. We can't, we, you can't, you can't let it burn down. Carl's like, shut the hell up. Do yeah. my plan. Right. Because it's just going to go down right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Your life is way more important. And yeah. that, that was really literally the only insight I had to this episode because the idea of, of her having a future, like looking towards the future was a means for her to kind of put the katan down at one point, you know, right. to, to bang it up on the mantle and all that stuff. Right. And, yep, that's true. And having that be taken away is a lot like Morgan losing his grip on Eastman's training and learning to kill again. It's and like Tabitha. She, she has to do that again. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So I can see it. I mean, I'm glad that Carl was at was at the right moment to get her to snap in. But then also Rick was there right after she started going apey. Yeah. Oh, man. On that on that guy's body. Like yeah, flogging a dead horse. T- yeah, she went to town. Eesh. So, yeah. And, and even like her reaction just just her yeah, Rick, Rick is like where'd everybody go she's like Whew. and she just she's trying to get a hold of herself you know but yeah. he's just losing it man and I, I feel like this is gonna maybe play into the next the rest of at least the next episode or two uh, into you know like how she's gonna be interacting with everybody yeah I, I just don't know I don't know how don't know she's either. gonna feel I, I don't I, I don't know necessarily we know that she already experienced the loss of her own child yeah. we, we know that she that she was married she had a child and she lost all of that and Rick and and Carl are her family now you know they yeah. have their little like unit um, and Michonne and Carl have a very good relationship so I I am very curious to see how this will affect Michonne as much as it'll affect Rick yeah, um, yeah. I, I I mean if I were Daryl and Tara I would be I would hide <laughs> I mean this this plan of theirs that they kept trying to get validation from throughout yeah. the episode it's like no you're plan cause this this is this is where we're at now okay well not necessarily i mean I know it was asked like three times, you know, did we do this? You know, and, and each of the times it was Eugene. But right. it's funny how I'm not saying I completely 180 on the foolishness of Daryl and Tara. Terrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this episode was nece- necessary to express the idea of even just by judging by Michonne's reaction. I could mm-hmm. see why these people would really, really want this to be done. Because I think they just want to feel like they're going to be safe in their own homes. They want a secure future. They want a reason to live. Like really right. a reason, not only a reason 
reasons to live because we discussed they discussed that in 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 season five I think or six right. where it's not enough to have a reason to live it's 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 something to look forward to it's it's a right. life to look forward to and right. so having that taken away from them it's just kind of like look the more we dawdle and the more we don't put this guy out you know get, get you know get this thing done yes. the less likely it is to have a future so yeah. so seeing Michonne flip out like that I, I'm I'm wondering to myself I get it now I kind of get why they just want to stack the you know stack the deck against the saviors just like yeah. let's just corner it on all sides so I, I don't know if pulling back and saying that it was Eugene was more of like a writing device like they said last right. minute oh it was mm-hmm. Eugene mm-hmm. because I don't know if Daryl could handle another failure like getting right. killed yeah he would basically like sacrifice himself <laughs> he yeah. was ready to already before yeah, I mean he, he but the thing is that he got Glenn killed you know pretty much yeah you know it was only supposed to be one but then it ended up being two right so I don't think he would have been able to take it and I think the writers chose maybe that this was a Eugene thing like oh that Eugene saved them because I feel like it could have easily they could have easily said yeah you know that garbage truck thing you did yeah you, you made it worse right and and they would have had to deal with that like Daryl would have to deal with that reality and yeah I think it's very very possible that they turned that around because we don't see any we don't really see any evidence aside from the fat lady in the distance like the new yeah. fat lady I'm gonna have to call it on that one I think that they decided to change their minds on blaming the saviors getting out on on there on Terrell. I could see that. Yeah, that's just that's just the way I feel. <laughs> it would be too easy. It would have been too easy. It, but, then it they would, have. but then they would have to compensate for that, and and that would have gotten in the way of their overall arc, probably, mm-hmm. where yeah. they decided to take the show from here on in. Right, right. I mean, and basically, we're left with Alexandria just being bombed the hell out of, um, yeah. which I told you I anticipated. I I anticipated that yeah, they're going to be throwing grenades into Alexandria and basically just oh yeah, that's him. right. When I, you saw the uh, the 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 sneak peek into this episode, you saw the um, flames in, in all, Carl's face. Well, it all looked like they were staring at something with the light that would be similar to the light of a fire. Like right. it just seemed like like it was some sort of light like that. And so, based on that and what I know from the comics, I kind of figured like, okay, they're going to show up at Alexandria and they're just going to bomb the hell out of Alexandria. But I expected them there to be kind of casualties during that, which obviously we see that there really weren't other than Carl really but that had nothing to do with that particular quote-unquote battle yeah at all you know and I'm I'm even wondering if because okay do you remember when Michonne is grabbed by that savior and she quickly dispatches from behind yes I'm I'm wondering if there were people because he mentions oh they're all dead and Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if there were people in the infirmary at the time I'm a little concerned about that yeah I mean that is true I mean we don't know necessarily like how safe is everybody did everybody make it out are they I mean, it looked like you had a considerable number of people in that sewer. Yeah, because he had those four paths. So, yeah. okay, the rest of them could be in the left and right tubes. Because yeah. if you look straight on, you're like, oh, God, is that all that's left? Is that all that's <laughs> left? There, yeah. there were some people on the sides, I guess. So yeah. maybe bigger than it looks, but it doesn't look good. <laughs> I, uh-uh. I don't know. It doesn't look good. It doesn't it look great. Doesn't look no. This doesn't. Mm. No. And, and that last scene was a heartbreaker, man. That was, I mean, was too much. The way it was shot, too, was very beautifully shot. I, I think it was very well shot. In, in the way that he's sitting and you have like Rick and Michonne basically like on their knees next to him and the light kind of hitting Carl. I thought it was very, it was very poetic in a very sad, somber way. Very somber. Yeah. He's, he looks very, as as they usually do, like clammy and just grim. Yeah. Just not clammy and, and pale. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Yeah, that was basically the episode. So when we come back, I assume that it will be Carl's last hurrah. Um, Carl's last stand. Carl's last stand. Yeah, exactly. Or he might be in bed. So Carl's last lie. I don't know. And, and the thing is, it's like, well, I want to know what kind of what letter he wrote to him because we saw and, and this is part of the knowing that things weren't looking too hot for Carl was, you know, obviously he got a lot of screen time. Time, but yeah. you know, even in the beginning, he writes a note to his father. We don't yeah. see what he wrote, so it'd be very interesting to see what that note ends up being. I hope he's carrying it since Alexandria is gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's all books have been burned. It's uh, all books and papers and all that is gone. I hope he has that in his pocket. We're but, a good starter fight, basically. Yes, <laughs> essentially, but yeah, I think I, so. I, I think it'll be one of those things where we see this note after Carl dies, that sort of thing. Like it'll be like a carryover. And mm-hmm. there'll be a voiceover, I'm there'll sure. There'll be a voiceover, yeah. Because we need a little bit more uh, Chandler Riggs on the show yeah. after he's gone. I mean, you can't just write off such a major character like that and say, okay, he's dead now and that's it. No. If Laurie could make flashback scenes, there is no reason why <laughs> Carl isn't involved to some extent in that way. And I would be very curious to see how this leverages any sort or how this holds any weight with Negan. How does Negan find out that Carl dies? How does he react when Carl dies? Oh, these things I um, I really want to get into I really want to see yeah I mean yeah. And, and part of me is kind of like thinking to myself how invested could could Negan possibly be in, in Carl there's a there's a screaming part of me that's going like I don't know if this is going to go the way we want it to go mm-hmm. maybe Negan is a little sick of people disappearing from this world right. and becoming the walking dead I mean we're you know the, the walkers let's say right so there's a part of me that's kind of cynical and thinking to myself okay we're really banking a lot on, on Carl biting it and Negan being heavily affected by it. Right. And and like look, we all know we all know that Carl's dying. Negan doesn't know right. yet. No. And I think that I mean part of me is kind of like, okay, the way he said things the way he did, knowing that he was going to die. And then if Negan does hear about Carl dying or dead, maybe it'll affect him, but maybe it'll maybe it'll double down. I just don't part of me is thinking like, okay, this is this is this had to have happened before. I mean, he's mm-hmm. had to have encountered somebody. Okay, okay, you know what? Let me back that up a bit. Mm-hmm. I think the people that he's tended to take over, you know, the kingdom, the hilltop, you know, all these people, maybe right. one or two people have been out, out in the wild. Alexandra, definitely not. And I know he, he right. had his eye on that for a while. But yeah. but at the same time, uh, I mean, part of me is thinking he's dealing with people that are essentially children. They're not right. survivors. You know, yeah. they're not survivors. He's got a rough and tumble gang of biker guys, or let's say, to be able to protect them. And I think that was his whole opening act. Like his his mm-hmm. elevator pitch was, look, we know what we're doing. I'm I'm unkillable. Right. You know, so let let me let me take care of you you know and so right. maybe that's that's the way he thought he could exert his power and that now when he has the numbers you know oh well okay now we can extend our reign to anybody and everybody you right. know and I think until then they hadn't really met the kinds of survivors in the wild that they had until Rick's crew right, right. so yeah. and I think the thing that attracted Negan to, to Carl in the first place was like Rick Carl all of these people they're survivors they know how to handle themselves out in the wild and they, these aren't these aren't house cats right they're kind of fair they're kind of feral you don't want them in the house <laughs> so <laughs> so to so you know i'm trying to like you know do the math on this you know like trying to put points on one column put points on the other column and right. and at the end of the day there are more points in my mind like okay such potential like this carl and like the, the thing he told rick in the house as they were fighting like you know yeah in a, in a 
couple of years, this guy will be my top guy. You know, he'll be one yeah. of my top guys. Yeah. It's, the points are definitely on the side of him giving a crap. So Yeah, I think he would. I think he would care. And I just don't know how he finds out and how that plays out. Maybe yeah. that's the catalyst how is that to end more the important. Yeah. yeah, how? How would he find out about this? And how does he react to this? Yeah, it's a very interesting conversation. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I think I think it'll affect them. I definitely think that it'll affect them. But like I said, because the trailer that we saw for Comic-Con, as far as I'm concerned, has been covered fully and completely by the first half of the season, it makes me wonder if Carl's sick, how much are we going to fight during the second half of the season? Is it going to be much less than the think, first half? Yeah, I think Gimple alluded as much. I mean, first of all, you had the first four episodes were high pace. Back to back to back. Yeah. So I think the, the extent of which... I think they're going to kind of return back to normal a little, a little bit. Okay. I mean, there was even some action elements. There, look at the how Alexandria blew up. Yeah. <laughs> a lot went in, into the pyrotechnics. In spectacular fashion. Yeah. Scorched earth. Could you imagine yes. Could you imagine how that must feel? Like, do you remember how, what it took to actually build that entire community? They literally yeah. built, built like a whole town, a literal town, you know, a functional town right. in this one area and to blow it all up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's been there for like two, three years. I know. I think the effects people said that it was kind of bittersweet that, you know, okay, Alexandria's done. Yeah, take taking it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, I can only imagine. Yeah, how that must feel. It, to me, it's like when I found out that the, the you know, the Lord of the Rings t- trilogy, mm-hmm. it, it started like, you know, at the end, I think with the tail end of high, sc- high school for me. And then it went all the way through to like, you know, the 2000s. It was like a 10 year journey. Mm-hmm. And these people like literally spent sizable fractions of their lives doing doing this thing. I don't know, it just it just made me think of that like okay, they've been they've had this place to film in for like the last two and a half years. It must feel like so strange to kind I'm of sure. to tear it down. Yeah. I don't know, it's just something to dwell on. <laughs> I no, I I thought the same thing and I think that they alluded to that on Talking Dead because I think that they talked to some of the special effects people on their team about the whole sacking of of uh, Alexandria basically. So, <laughs> a very Grecian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Grecian but um it was it was interesting. It was interesting to hear about about how it was bittersweet for them because this has been their kind of backdrop. So yeah, what do you think is going to happen to Dwight? Because there was that whole skirmish where Dwight turns on the saviors, as you yes. know, the saviors are trying to gun down Terrell V two out in the woods, and then Dwight says, "I got to end this now." And and then there is this the neck tattoo savior who gets away, the girl that gets away. Yes. And so I'm wondering now, what's going to happen? Is she going to make it to Negan? If she makes it to Negan, like she what now? Out. Yeah, yeah, and I'm wondering. I'm wondering how far this is going to go because there's definitely a betrayal aspect. How is that going right. to play into the peace process? How is that going to... There's already... Like, I saw Tara's, Tara's face mm-hmm. and she was ready to pull the trigger. Oh, yeah. It was it was just pain, it was painier to hold back. You Tara know? has to calm down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even in the show, like, like we can... We have, the, we have guns. We can take them. I'm like, yeah. come on. Come on, Tara. Not that, it's not that simple. Where really? have you been? Yeah, and Rosita but... agreeing with Carl. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, Tara, come calm your stuff down okay right. like exactly. seriously you don't just go in guns a blazing yeah i mean you're totally amateur hour right now <laughs> what are you negan i mean come on <laughs> we all balls no action i don't know anyway it's just, it's, it's, it just bothers me at this point but yeah going back to dwight dwight is a good one to focus on too because I mean, like everything until now has been he's been like negan's dog you know yes. and it's everything that he's done like the senseless killing of, of these people really humiliating daryl and i think he knew that i think i think in the process of, of dehumanizing him 
humanizing Daryl. Like something happened to him, and then yeah. and then all that sh- stuff with Sherry and and her her leaving, and I, I think that really affected him. I would and, think so. But I, I think that's all on his side. Like I don't think that Daryl really knows the extent to which Dwight is is affected by how he treated Daryl and how he's been treating everybody. Right. So right. I think I think Daryl does get it. I think Tara has not had that experience. You know, no. she, she she hasn't had the luxury of him trying to make it up to her. And at the same time, how do you? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I like how Dwight's kind of like, look, I just want to make things right. Like we can settle up later, but I I'm 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 invested in beating this and and finally ending this once and for all. Yeah. And yeah, I believe it. I mean, do you remember at the beginning of the season where I was kind of like, oh, Dwight f them, he f them hard. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it turns out they moved the they moved the heavy gun somewhere else. Uh, uh okay. Uh, I guess he's okay. Yeah. And now we know that he's kind of he's all in to the yeah. point where he he gunned the saviors down. It's it's just it's that's a commitment. I mean, that you, you really that's it. That's that's like there's no impressed. going back now. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah, back against the literal wall, like mm-hmm. the door. Literally. Oh man. You know what? I'll give them credit for one thing. There, the door is open now to endless possibilities. Like we've set this, we've set the table with all these different large possibilities, like yeah. Dwight with the remaining Alexandrians, with Sadiq even yeah. Carl. There's opportunities there. Rick, Negan, Ezekiel, the Hilltop. Holy crap! And then you know all these some of these unknowns. Like, will we see the junkyard gang again? Will we see that helicopter again? What's going to happen with Oceanside right. and Ian, Aaron, and Enid? Yeah. That's that. That's like last something month. they just opened up last minute. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, here's another thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate that Frank Darabont is still on the goddamn credits. Yeah, he is. That deal. <laughs> Do you know what that, that was all about? Did you hear about that drama? I've heard about the drama, but I don't know the specifics. The specifics was he kept asking for more and more money. And they said that they didn't have it and the show blew up. Yeah, they just, and they just refused to kind of give him the budget he wanted. So what ended up happening was as part of like a, a split deal, they said, <laughs> they said, you know what? We'll keep you on the credits. You just have to go. We just don't want you here anymore. Gosh. <laughs> and ever since, and that was season one. That was it. It wasn't wow. part of any other season. That was it. That's the sixth episode. Unceremoniously removed. Yeesh. Yeah, but I, I, part of me was kind of like, okay, he's a dick. He was a dick. <laughs> You could tell. It's what you get. You could tell. It's it's just yeah. Okay, prima donna. (laughs) That's just one man's opinion. But yeah, there's only sixteen sixteen episodes this entire season, so it's gonna have to hold us. Yeah, it's gonna have to. We have no other choice. What are we gonna do? I mean, here's to hoping there'll be a double at the end, like just kind of like now. Well, not a double. Essentially, you're getting fifteen extra minutes (laughs) between commercials. Yeah, essentially. I mean, yeah. For me, I'm looking forward to next season. I want to see what they do with. Carl's death. I hope that they make it compelling. I hope that they make it mean something so that it's not a senseless death. But yeah, I am more than anything. I want to see what happens with Carl, obviously, and how his death is going to play a role in the future. Yeah, I, I might be more concerned about Oceanside. I mean, we mm-hmm. know what's going to happen with Carl. Mm-hmm. You know, one way or the other, he's going to end up six feet under. But yeah. this whole Enid Aaron thing, like Aaron, just been <laughs> he's been through so much. Yeah, and to have to deal with this now, it's just how do you I'm very very nervous. Yeah. I, I am concerned for their situation too. Yeah, and Enid, poor Enid. Oh boy. It made me sad because I, if that's myself, I'm like, she may not be able to say bye to Carl before he passes away. Oh my God. Hey, that's a good that's a good catch. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, she's not there. I don't know what their situation is. Yeah, but I would assume that she would want to at least be able to kind of say a proper goodbye. Yeah, yeah, after all that. Mm-hmm. After him not really giving up on her. Yeah, no, of course. Wow. Sorry, it's not a more lighthearted, uh, <laughs> laugh track filled discussion. Discussion, but uh, <laughs> it's 
it's, oh. def- it's definitely a somber, somber topic. Yeah. But like I said, I'm open and I'm very eager to see what they do next because obviously the same tried and true isn't going to apply here. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I really want, would like to see what what we can expect, basically. Yeah. yeah. And this is more of a freeform show than our usual step by step breakdown. Right. Uh, I am eager to get back to getting back to feeling a little bit more organized in my head because yeah. I just there were there were parts in the beginning and and maybe in the beginning in the middle where I was just kind of like uh yeah so that's what happens yeah. <laughs> like, in my head I'm just kind of like I don't know what to add to this there's only so many thoughts you can lend to right. to the to the layout of this show yes it literally things happened in this episode it's all literal it means so much and unfortunately it's the mid season finale so we're not going to really be able to spitball like you don't want to spitball what could happen because yeah. so far away the predictions that you make it's kind of well I guess we'll see in a you know, couple months in terms of mid-season finales two, waiting two months in, in the Walking Dead world is not that bad by no, comparison two months, is, no, two months is I could do two months standing on my head yeah compared to like prior seasons where you had to wait months at a time you know mm-hmm. just to get just to get back on track but I think they're, they're getting to this like w- nice swing between Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead and, and all the tie-ins like the, the web series and which I, I you know I like the like what they're doing with Red Machete you know bringing yes. the claim back the claimers in. Yeah, I thought that was and very odd. And they basically said, keep, "Yeah, keep watching," because it, somebody said eventually that Red Machete that, is going to get will, into Rick's hand. Exactly, exactly. So that okay, you know, I'm feeling a little bit more uh, chipper about that mm-hmm. because yeah. something about Rick with a machete. Uh, that's, uh, I don't know. It's a little badass. It makes me feel more <laughs> secure. Yeah, it feels like it, it, it. It's exactly where it needs to be. <laughs> right, precisely. Oh well, how about this? On that cheery, festive Red Machete Christmas color note, this has been a trip, and we'll try to spit out some episodes and some thoughts and some yeah. some content throughout the any break. kind of any kind of news that we find out anything that we want to share we'll definitely keep it active and i'll be doing my write-up yep. of this mid-season and i will probably do a separate one just on carl and we'll likely talk a bit about possible predictions in the aftermath of his death if the 15 percent possibility doesn't happen <laughs> and maybe if the, that 15 percent does happen is I, I mean, listen, anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> like anything is possible. So I can't discount anything. Yeah. Anything and, is on the table. Yeah, and I feel like I want to add this one more thing. And it's that there is a huge part of me, and I haven't admitted to this throughout this entire episode. There's a huge part of me that thinks that, that feels, not thinks, because thinking is not here, but feeling that Carl doesn't die. I, here's, com- here's, I'm here's like, it's my like 50% thing. 50% denial on that, but there's also a 50% that's kind of like, it kind of makes sense that he wouldn't die though i have a 15 percent inkling of a feeling that this is all one big ruse and that he is not dying because of the fact that gimbal was all coy on talking dead when they were questioning about him and he just basically said that the bite would play out as bites do yeah. okay yes and <laughs> like i mean he wasn't looking too hot at the end of the episode but <laughs> right he wasn't looking too hot but then in terms of does that mean he su- he succumbs to that or does he go down that road and he doesn't ultimately succumb to the infection? I, I just, I'm saying that there is a 15% chance that I feel that there is a possibility that this could be Carl's dumpster moment and um, yeah. we are basically along for the ride and uh, like I said, I, I I think and I wonder about those 
radioactive walkers and the mm. and the radiation spill, Father Gabriel and the doctor. Does any of that have any possibility or bearing on ultimately Carl's trajectory mm. and the direction of where he's going to go? I would be very curious to see what they do about that. But based off of what I've been seeing of Chandler Riggs' reactions and his father and whatever, I'm 85% sure, assuming that 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 essentially Carl is dead. <laughs> it is what it is. He ain't coming back. But Father Gabriel and Carl get superpowers. Is that what, you, is that what you're well, saying? Well, I almost wonder: is it possible that something in the radiation? Because obviously, I mean, we've seen Father Gabriel get sick, and radiation. I mean, even if you just think about chemotherapy, right. um, no, radiation can help in terms of slowing down certain diseases and and what have you. But the ramifications on the body are pretty pr- pretty darn pretty damn awful and, and, and pretty painful too in his right. own right. So I wonder if there is any basis in that. Is is it something that the doctor can assist with? We know that Eugene helps the doctor and Gabriel escape or give them an opening to escape. So is it something that they potentially could provide some sort of, I don't know, is, is some sort of insight? Could the, could could Dr. Carson and Father Gabriel be, be able to escape from the sanctuary, get to wherever hilltop or well because alexandria is gone yeah, if they show up to get alexandria it's gone so i i just wonder about that because I, again i always feel that this show never throws anything out there for good reason so the radioactive zombies and gabriel being sick what was the point in that i, I you know what i mean it's like what what was really the ultimate point in that yeah so and, and you know what else is that we've kind of forgotten about father gabriel and how sick he is as well it's it, yeah. that's just another thing to kind of keep our eye on we've got a lot of places to look here so yeah we have oof, yeah you're like you're like 15 percent on carl surviving i'm like 85 <laughs> really yeah just like i was kind of like do, do you remember how much i freaked out over carl and sadiq's misadventures like yes. i was really 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 concerned yes. that that something had happened in a way that like you know after encountering walkers you know i, I you're not and yeah. it does kind of bring us back to the top of the show where we're, where we're like oh remember season five and six where people were actually scared of walkers and kind of avoiding them. And then we have this moment a couple episodes back, you know, where where they're flirting with them, you know, and and, and the way that all went down, I was very panicked about it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just, it, I think that's, that scene was necessary and the fact that Carl got bit is necessary. And I think we need those scenes, you know, we know that we need to be reminded of, yeah. how, of how, but yeah, but the, but the other thing is that the same feeling that I had that something had happened there, that I, somebody got bit, Carl and or Sadiq, yeah. Um, yeah. that same strong feeling about that I have I have about Carl somehow making it yeah. you know so it's like it's I wouldn't like put this, it past them I would it's not this weird put it feeling them. man it would be it I, would be completely out of nowhere too because this, this would be the show doing something it's this it's the equivalent of the show calling Walker zombies on the right. show like that kind of taboo breaking like oh no there's no way out of the sickness oh wait yeah. there is oh, never you know been. Fear the Walking did actually almost did do that too oh, there, did was a, there was a character on the show that was bit but you find out oh well, should I even spoil you? Because I know you're going to want to watch no, it. No, but- no. 
it's okay. I mean, it doesn't happen until much later on anyway, but much later into the, the their second season, I think it was, or mid middle of the second season. But mm-hmm. there's a character that has a chunk of his shoulder like bitten off, mm. and the town that he's in rever- reveres him. He actually happens to be a doctor too, oh, um, wow. and he never he never got sick or anything like that. And you find out later on that that he was not bit by a zombie, but he was bit by one of the guys that was thrown into the pit. You know, it's oh, basically okay. their punishment. They threw the guy into the pit to to feed the zombies, basically. Oh, wow. Wow, that's um, savage. Yeah, and so the guy he was just he was completely drugged out of his mind and he bit he bit into the doctor. So it oh, wasn't a zombie wow. bite. You you're for a while you're thinking, Oh my god, this guy didn't get sick, this guy didn't mm-hmm. turn or anything. And you find out that yeah, it's it's it wasn't that. You're like, oh shoot, the show the show really kind of almost faked you out. You almost did kind of believe that, you know, oh, some people can't be affected by this. Oh, or it's not hundred percent. So they could flirt with that again. I don't know. I don't know. They could. This they potentially be, could. Yeah, this would be a break. Like, this would be a breakthrough. And would, it, yeah. it is something that you said before we even got to starting the show, and that was that you had said that we weren't sure how how many seasons we had left. Maybe this was the last right. season even. Do you remember why you said that, though? I mean, I guess from... Was it because of Carl, per se, or... No, it was just more so that I didn't know necessarily how long they could keep up with the same formula of, like, we got a big guy, bad guy, and we're going to beat him, and now life right. is good. Now this next one, now we're going to beat him, and life is good. Like, I just, in my mind, I figured that there has to be an end game in sight for this. Right. I don't know what that is. I think that Kirkman knows how he wants to end it. Exactly. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you end something like this. Yeah, that's a good point. That was a good point. I mean, the only thing I could think of is bringing winter in the mix and, mm-hmm. making, <laughs> and then somehow making that a problem. Winter is coming. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I'm continuing the show. <laughs> like, even though, like, oh, let's end it. But think of how snow, how reflective snow is and, mm-hmm. and how walkers are attracted to light you know they don't really see things they just see like lighter objects and they go towards right. it right so yep. snow and like snow on the ground like they'd be following that so they'd be in fields they wouldn't be on mm-hmm. streets as much yeah no yeah, that's I, true I, I don't know how they would move in snow um I don't know. if at all that yeah. sort of thing so oof, I, I just Lots like this as a question no th- there are a lot of really fun possibilities of what they could do i'm just curious as to what they're gonna do what they are gonna do and with that <laughs> Is this this is the last thing? That's it. The show's over. <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah. can go home now. Yeah, y'all can get out of the car. I know, we know you've been listening while you've been driving. So. <laughs> We appreciate, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. We totally do. Thanks for hanging in there. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there. We we dissected it as much as we could. Yeah. Now it's up to up to Gimple and team to basically prove that they made the right decision. Yeah. I think that I think they have so far. I'm not excited. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm not even like yeah. I'm not even hopeful. I'm more like I'm interested. That that's I'm all intrigued. I can say about that. Intrigued, yeah. I'm maybe. I'm in. I'm in for for what's for what's next. I can see how some people would be too bummed. You know. Yeah. It's I it's think- somber. It's sad. I mean, yeah. it is. So, I mean, I get it 100%. But, you know, it, that's the direction that they're going into. I've accepted it. But I want to see I want to see the aftermath of this. And I want to yeah, make I, sure that it, it was all for for something. It wasn't yeah. in vain. Carl's life pay, wasn't left in vain. Yeah, you want to pay off. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. And I think that th- that's what the season's going to represent. It's going to be like, like, thanks for hanging in there. You're going to get what you want. It's going to be messy, but you're going to get what you want. That's, that's the tagline for season eight. Not all out war. You're going to get what you want. You may not like how we give it to you. You may not like how we get there, but yeah. you'll get it. Yeah, the long tagline. The long tagline. I, feel I like can I'm see actually, that. I'm going to make an image of that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get what you want. You may not like it, but you'll get it. But you you'll may not like how we give it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's awesome.
awesome. And with that, we will see you. Uh, we'll actually speak to you soon. We're we're thinking of some things that we can do to kind of keep you guys uh, involved in the conversation and yes. keep you interested in, in in the meantime. Yeah, we got yep. two months. We'll think of something. We will. We always will. We can't just like we, we can't turn our backs on this show. There's there's too many possibilities. Too many unanswered questions. Oh yeah, and too many concerns that maybe other people want to bring up. So yep. with that, uh, we'll uh, take it to the next one. And hey, have a good break in the meantime. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And we'll talk to you all soon. Later, guys.